I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! He's the fastest man on the planet. He did up there, rabbits. This is more beer than I can't wait. I can't wait. What about Andrew King? Put him in the sack. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. Is Turbo in? Is Turbo out? We don't know. We won't know until game day, which is thankful considering the game from Manly is relatively early in the week, but definitely nervous waits over the last couple of days. Mixed messages coming out of Manly. I think that's the story that's dominated the week this far. Uh, joined once again by Brew SC. Brew, mate, how are we? Uh, not bad, mate. Not bad. I just had a COVID test and it feels like they did it with a broom. Um, outside of that, we're going pretty good, mate. I've been thankful enough not to actually have to have a test because I don't leave my house enough. But uh, that's what Supercoach is there for, mate. We keep keep us homebound, especially during the lockdown periods, mate. We'll do a quick teamless Tuesday rundown. We've got Pappenhausen named at one, Hines at seven, and no Brandon Smith being rested. I think you and I touched on this last week that I think Harry Grant's going to be getting a lot of minutes into his legs coming into the finals. Yeah, I actually, when we last spoke, I predicted their lineup 100% bang on. Cooper John's on the bench, Hines starting seven. I don't expect any late changes there. I think that's the way they roll out. I think Hines or Pappenhausen will play about 65 minutes and Cooper John's will come on for anywhere from 10 to 15 at the end of the game. Yeah, it depends if the Storm have it wrapped up or not. Um, if it's a close affair, they might just even play 80 minutes out. But yeah, if the, if the Storm are getting on top, Cooper Johns might get a rollout. Uh, Manly, turbo in, turbo out. We'll touch on him fairly, fairly soon. Uh, for the Tigers, Jacob Little is out. Jake Simpkin comes in. Great news for people that like myself that have held Little basically for the whole year. We're going to get a number for the week and probably play close to 80, you would expect. Uh, yeah, I think he will play 80. He's quite capable of doing so. You still own Simpkin, by the way? Yeah, I had, I had sort of two, uh, many, many more issues to get out rather than him. I just thought at 250k, he's not playing. He's not losing me cash, and I had other issues. So thankfully, he's uh, he's still in the team, and uh, he'll get a, he'll get a, a rollout this week. Beauty. Uh, next, a bit of news. We've got uh, DSAF out and Tyson Frizzell out. Big uh, exclusions for the Knights, but they do see David Klemmer move into the front row. He will feature in the show as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, Frizzell's out. That's, that's really ruined my team. DSAF playing some career footy. Uh, not the time for the Knights to be losing troops. No, definitely not. Uh, if you own Clemmer, uh, definitely a great play this week. He should get a... He'll have to, I think, play a, a whole bunch of minutes, um, which is good for his work rate. In terms of Frizzell, yeah, we were talking him up a few weeks ago. It was a real smoky option on the edge. And then, as is this season of Supercoach, he goes down for you, mate. Yes, that's uh, the story of the season. No surprise, Ryan Madison has been ruled out. Uh, Andrew McCulloch, his season is over. Victor Radley is also out with that suspension. And Tyson Gamble is also out. That's going to round out, uh, I guess, the, the key outs. We've probably missed some, but just do a really, really quick sort of three or four-minute teamless rundown. Mate, as we do most weeks, we'll go over the top five most purchased players. There is one man at number eight here on the list that uh, I'll touch on as well that I'm not really too sure what's happening. But at number one, I don't think it's too much of a surprise. Nathan Cleary, 987k. He's bought by 11% of teams. 
yeah, 82 in his first game back, basically had one try assist. You'll take that every other week, and with Jerome Hughes being out, uh, no surprise to clear at number one. Yeah, no-brainer at all. If you can afford him and you've got the trades, 100%, pull that trigger. Is this reactionary, or is this uh, a perfectly fine move? $570,000, 6.5% of teams bringing Josh Curran in. I think his form warrants the selection, so why not ride that wave? If he's in a purple patch, he's in a purple patch. I can't see it changing, so I like the move personally. That's been your key to sort of success this year, hasn't it? When when players go on these hot run of points, you don't really care sort of what the standing in the team is, but if, the, if there's points up for the grabs, you take it. And I definitely think Josh Curran's going to continue that hot run of form. Oh, absolutely. And and some of those sides outside of those, say, top four or five sides, they're unpredictable. So when you look at their draw, you might look at it and go, oh, that's easy or that's hard. But week to week, these guys win, lose, win, lose. So you just need to pick the player based on their form, I think, at this time of year. Yeah, I think with the Warriors pushing for a top eight spot, uh, they're playing their best footy with Josh Curran there. I could definitely see a world where he just continues to pump out big minutes and be called upon. Uh, number three, Harry Grant. Same as last week, mate. Uh, no brand to have here at, at in your hooker role. If you are searching for one, if you have a, a Radley there, if you had a Reed Marnie or whatever, uh, Harry Grant looks like he's going to be playing big minutes this weekend and probably moving forth for the rest of the season. Name to start, best person in the position, jump on, don't look back. And I guess if you can't afford the money for Cleary, the 987k, you save yourself about 250 going down to DCE. I don't want to sound like Harry Hindsight here, but I always prefer DCE over, over Hughes. I just thought with the run home, Craig Bellamy's going to rest Hughes. If Manly are pushing for this top four spot, I think Cherry Evans is going to be playing every week. And like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm being a Harry Hindsight here. I just prefer the move overall. And yeah, 2.9% of coaches have jumped on this week at four at 740k. Uh, I like the move. I'm a big fan of DCE and I've owned him plenty of times over the last few years. Can you imagine, But Imagine this season if Cherry Evans was the one kicking goals. Oh, he would number seven uh, he... would have been fun. It would have been a fun position for like in terms of who owns who, because you probably would have found most people owning Cleary and DCE, and with everyone getting injured, would have been chaos. Yeah, I remember at the start of the season there was concerns over who would goal kick for Manly because Ruben Garrick kicked fantastically in 2019. 2020 wasn't so much; didn't have the shooting boots on, and there was concerns that no, not concerns, but there was definitely hype around DC having the goal kicking. And if if he did, and if he was kicking at somewhat reasonable percentage, I think you and I worked out that Garrick has added uh, about 25, 30 points onto his average. If you put that on a DCE, yeah, it would have made the half acquisition much more uh, up for debate. Obviously, this year it was Cleary and, and whoever else you wanted. But yeah, if DCE did goal kick, there could have been definitely a world where you toyed with the idea of running him. But with the run home Manly have, and they're pushing for the top four. A lot of people are trading out Jerome Hughes. DC is a fantastic option. Number five on the list, 630k, 2.7% of teams have brought him in. Nico Hines, I'm not sure if I love this one personally. No, you, you're flirting with danger here. I know Hughes is out this week, but you've also got Pappenhausen named in the number one. That is his jersey. It's not Hines' jersey. Hines is leaving the club at the end of the year. If Hughes only sits out the one week, that might burn you big time next week and next week is semi-finals of head-to-head football and whether you play overall or, or you play head-to-head predominantly at the end of the day if you're in a finals game you want to win that you want to beat your mates I would not be doing that move if you had like 10 trades I could understand it just get some numbers out there and whatnot but uh, yeah a, a lot of people don't have 10 trades and, and as you said mate I think we're flirting with danger here with Heinz at seven uh who Paps has at the 10 one. trades <laughs> yeah exactly Paps at one as you said mate it's Paps jersey to have um, he's not losing at any time soon. Look, I'll skip six, seven, 
um, 9 and 10. I'll move to number 8 on this list, and this is live as we speak right now. So this isn't uh, a couple of days beforehand. I, I took these stats about three minutes before we started recording. 2.3% of coaches have brought in Brandon Smith, who is not playing this week at 533k. I understand that, that casual players do play, but a lot of them drop off by this time of the season. Hopefully, te- people are looking at teamless Tuesdays, but yeah, 2.3% of teams bringing in the cheese is 2.3% too many. Yeah, that's that's very strange. You'd think most people that are still trading at this time of year are serious super coaches and they haven't, you know, signed up at the start of the year and then jumped off after six weeks. So that's very strange. I wonder if that's that what I mean. Like, at, we should check start- that. We should check that. At the start of the year, like I understand this because there's a lot of casuals of play that probably don't follow it week to week. But yeah, in round 23, you would think that um, the players that are still here uh, are there. Maybe people have just <laughs> logged on for the first time, seeing that it's finals week and see if they're still alive. And, and they thought, yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll buy Brandon Smith without knowing too much about it. Yeah. Uh, mate, no surprise for the tradeouts. Jerome Hughes is the first on the list. In fact, the entire top 10 uh, is people that have been traded out, apart from one man in the number th- uh, number three spot. So Hughes, Maddo, Angus, I mean, Sean Johnson, like these are the standard names that people have been injured, but 4.5% of people have traded out Tom Travojevic. Now, surely this is a reaction to the to the media blow-up of the, the cheekbone fracture. There is some concerns he won't play this week, but even then, uh, you just take the one the one week hit with Turbo. Uh, yeah, with the way it's sitting at the moment, I'll, I'll speak at, at, uh, during this podcast at some point about Manly. Um, I might have some inside mail, um, but at the moment, I wouldn't. I'd it'd be interested to see if that that gets reversed and people just have made trades on Tuesday and you know not logged back in yet to to fix that up because that's that's madness. And people could probably still be playing with the idea of trading at uh, Turbo and, and maybe shuffling around for Cleary as we touched on uh, in the roundup last week. Like there's there's all the the possibility that people are just making oh. trades will reverse, but. Yeah, I mean, even if he's out for a week, I'd definitely touch it. Um, mate, one thing I want to do is, look, it's no surprise that the big guns are named. You've got your Harry Grants, you've got your your DCEs, your Clearies and stuff. No, no point discussing them too heavy. There's a couple of guys here that I think are going under the radar. I've got them in a, f- a couple of positions here. We'll, we'll, start, we'll start off with Hooker. Now, at 383k, we touched on Jaden Bray last week. We said that... It's probably the, the time that he's going to come back around to form. Pumped out of 56. At 383k, I think he's probably a little bit underpriced for what we know he can put out. We know that he's had uh, 10 weeks or so of pretty poor scores, but is this the turning point for Jaden Braley? Um, maybe. Um, I don't... I think he's just... I think his work rate just increased last week. I don't think there's so much a turning point. I don't really think his score is anything to really write home about. Um... I prefer different smoky options if you're talking about trade-ins. Is one of those smoky options Josh Hodgson at 404k? We see uh, Thomas Darling out for the rest of the season with the obviously the jaw injury. Hodgson back to playing 80 at 400 uh, 404k. Is he someone you could have in your head-to-heads uh, matchups for differentials for the finals? Uh, you could. I don't trust him enough to do it. The bloke that I, if you're talking about mid-rangers, let's say up to 450-ish based on the price that you said. The guy that I would jump on is Jazz Tavanga. I did like Jazz. I mean, I've been burnt by him so many times before. The only problem with Jazz, had the, had the try last week, had the inflated base. But I guess just talk to me about why you love him so much while I pull up his stats. Um, I haven't looked too deeply into it. I'm going 
purely off watching the game. I liked his involvement. We all know what he can do. If he gets the minutes, he has the work rate. He's a little bit like Brandon Smith in that he can definitely smell out that try line. His issue's been that he's been in that 14 jumper so much, but if he gets anything 1-13 to 13 on his back, we all know his pedigree as a super coach player. The, the issue that I find with him is he is named at 17 this week. Look, in, in recent weeks, you're right, though. He's, he's been named at 13, scored a 50, 13, scored a 76, named at 9, only scored a 35, and then back into 13 last week, scored a 92. Granted, it was with a try, uh, but he did have a 55 base, so... If Jazz can get his hands back on a starting role, um, I, I definitely love the option as well, as, as you touched on. But just named it at 17 this week, I'd probably hold off. I didn't say that. Yeah, named it, named it 17 with Bally Seren at 13 and Wade Egan is back in the squad named at number nine. So that's probably <sighs> might, might put a little bit of a damper on things with Jazz. It's the only reason why I didn't look at him too heavily this week. Mate, we'll My move bad. to the front row forwards. 398k. We, we touched on Day, um, DSAF. He's out for the night's. This is all aboard David Clemmer for me. I, I think he's massively underpriced at 400k. He's going to play big minutes. And when he does play big minutes, he pumps out big scores. Yep, 100%. I mentioned it earlier. I didn't actually know he was on your list to talk about. Sorry about that. Um, definitely a, a, a buy for me. Um, I didn't actually end up finding out. I've had a busy week. I didn't see. How long is DSAF out for? Uh, I think it's precautionary at the moment, but it, it could be it could be a little bit on the sideline, which... Uh, yeah, he's all aboard for David Clemmer. Uh, another prop forward from your club, the Sydney Roosters, CRC with Takiyaho. Um, yeah, I, I like him at 413k, has the attacking upside. I think he's going to play big minutes as well with no Victor Radley. Yeah, I assume that his leg's fine now and um, and that he's not carrying any any more further injuries. He looked pretty good last week. Uh, it's probably the best I've seen him look in maybe two months. With Angus out, um, who has a really, not necessarily a huge hit-up rate, but he definitely makes a lot of tackles in the middle. Um, and also missing out on some others in the front row, and Radley obviously out suspended now. His work rate's going to have to be massive for me. So he's a great buy. If you had told me I had to buy one of TKO and Clem, who would you go for? I'd probably go Clem still, just because I think that he has the ability to pump out 70 without doing much attack. We saw that TKO had a great score on the weekend, but did have that try assist. So yep. if you were to go with the either, I'd go with the cheaper option in Clem personally. Uh, but there's another man that's 60K more that had arguably a better game than both these guys on the weekend. Dual position as well, which is a huge tick. Super coach, Colt fan favorite. That is Alex Twile at 665K. He's on my list, actually, but he's on my list under uh, second front row. Definitely. He had a great game on the weekend. Um, and I, th- I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. I remember he was a bit of a hot property at the start of the year. It would have been last year, I think, because that's when the NRL physio <laughs> Twitter stuff started. Yeah, it, it, blew, it blew up um, for Brian. <laughs> it definitely did blow up. Yeah, and, and, and he was great. He was pumping out that base and he was getting good minutes. And then it once he got injured, it started to, to fall back and the minutes went away. But... He was fantastic on the weekend, and given what's happening at second front row, like there's not many people left. I was going through the list of second rowers today, and like, you go through that top ten, and seventy percent of them are injured. Yeah, the 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 two RF spot is pretty grim, uh, and I, I like the fact that uh, Twile is dual position. Look, I've got his stats up here. Uh, he's played over seventy minutes five times this year. He played seventy minutes and scored sixty four. He played 73 minutes, scored 64. He played 77 minutes and scored 77. He, he 
played 80 minutes and scored 72. He played 74 minutes and scored 72. Alex Twal hasn't scored a try, I think, since his debut. So this is all coming in based on the weekend. Uh, as I said, 72 minutes for a score of 72 and a base of 66. If he's going to play big minutes for the Tigers, imagine Guayo. Uh, he is one to definitely snap up. I, I love the, the purchase of Alex Twal. Is uh, the second most expensive man on the list. Behind the next one on the, on the list is Mitch Barnett. 485k, no Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Back on the left, Knights have a good draw. If Ponga can pull his socks up and hit Barnett with some good ball, uh, I think he's, I wouldn't say must have, definitely, but uh, definitely one to be considering for your finals. I don't think anyone's a must have in the second row at the moment, which sounds mental to say, but no one's really consistently doing anything. I watched that game, and that game, as we discussed the other day, was pretty putrid, but Barnett's game was pretty solid. I, I liked his involvement, and he did actually go close to crossing the line a couple of times, or at least bending the line close to the, you know, the goal line. So I like the option, and given that we're short on numbers, an attacking edge, edge rower, um, yeah, it's good for me. I've got another one on the list too, actually. Yeah, well, Barnett against the against the Sharks on the weekend, 80 minutes, 65 points, 56 in base. As you said, went close to breaking the line uh, quite a few times. Has the Bulldogs this week, who do leak a lot of points on their edges. Has the Titans, who we know that they can definitely leak some points. And the Broncos in the last game of the of the, of the season. So the Knights and Mitch Barnett, I think, are ones to look out for. Uh, mate, one more person in the 2RF before I let you take over. This one's a bit of a rogue shout. Nat Butcher, 383k on the edge. All base last week, get a pump out, uh, a lot more tackles as well, filling that Angus Crichton role. Uh, I like Nat Butcher at 383k. Nat Butcher was the name I was about to raise, actually, so we are on the same page 100%. I've absolutely, I've absolutely always... uh, shafted you there. <laughs> you sniped me. <laughs> oh, that's all right, mate. Great minds think alike. Yeah, he's always, every time he's got the minutes, and particularly on the edge more so than when he's played in lock, he's always looked really good. Um, and he seems to have a really good work rate, so... Again, a bit like with TKO, given what's happening to the Roosters and all of their injuries, he's probably going to have to work. Um, I don't suspect that the kids coming off the bench will get big minutes. That's not how Robbo works. Uh, so I like the option. I think he's a real good option, especially if you're a bit short on cash. Uh, you know, he probably will play big minutes, if not 80 minutes on the edge. So at this time of year, if you can afford 380, um, and, and that means that you can get your Cleary or get your da the Daily Cherry Evans, do it. He started quite a few times for Robbo. Uh, I go back to the game in round nine against Parramatta. He played 80 minutes, scored 80, had 63 in base. The last two weeks he's played 80 as well, and his base has been 53 and then 45. So he's definitely got a solid floor to work off. As we said, only 383K. I think he's underpriced knowing that he'll start until the, the last game of the of the round. Sorry, last game of the season, and if you're not in a grand final, then that's all you need. Look, at 5 uh, this is a position that is pretty dubious. We could chuck this man in, into hooker as well. I just like the other options that we named. But with the Raiders this week and the Dogs next week, Kieran Foran at 342k, chiming in more and more in this attack. Uh, if Turbo's not there on the left, I think they're going to rely on, on Foran to make a fair bit of room as well. Can we get behind Foz? Nah. I can't. I, look, I looked at it and I I did jot down some names of guys that I like in, in that, say, mid to lower range. And I just could not bring myself to write his name on that list. I just don't trust him after all these years of injuries. I feel like I if I had a trade and I brought him in, I just know he'd do his knee or a hamstring or something. So he's a pass for me. 
the problem with, with Foz is, is the flaw that he has. I mean, when he doesn't have attacking output, we saw in the last two weeks uh, against the Sharks, he had 22 points to 80 minutes. And against the Melbourne Storm, he had 22 points to 80 minutes as well. On the weekend, had 63. That was a, with a fair bit of attacking involvement. He's just one of those guys that I feel like you, you play based off matchups and matchups only. Um, but yeah, having the Cowboys, Bulldogs, and Raiders for the run home, it's not not a bad option. 5'8", it's pretty slim. I've only got Kieran Fawn written down. Is there anyone in that 5'8 role that you're thinking of? Uh, there's a few options that I like. You mentioned the Knight Straw, which makes me like Mitchell Pearce. Um, oh, sorry, that's halfback. We, you were going 5'8", yeah? Oh, you can uh, chuck Mitchell Pearce no, in as well. I mean, if, if, you, if you're going to pair up Cleary or DCE, uh, yeah, Mitchell Pearce as well. Yeah, I, th- I think looking at 5'8's grim. 5'8 is really grim, but halfback, there is a few sneaky options in there that you could choose. And one of those that I jotted down was Mitchell Pearce, and that's because of the draw home. Yeah, I think he's he's the focus. But I guess the concerning thing with Pearce is, though, if Ponger is starting to swing both sides of the field, does that take away from Pearce? Hopefully, he, he just parks himself on the left and lets Pearce really dominate uh, that right-hand side of the field. I, I do like Pearce a lot. Uh, for the centers, mate, Moses Suli, 391k. He's going to be taking Hank Scorpio's position. The PPM King from the weekend with a 4.3 PPM, 83 points in about 18 minutes. I've said it enough times in this podcast, but it was simply outstanding. And if Turbo's there hitting him, uh, he's a big, big body. He's a huge, huge center that I think can be really destructive, especially with a lot of the focus being on Garrick on his outside. I definitely like Sully. Uh, we saw what Sully could do last year. He actually produced pretty good super coach numbers. Uh, last season. Since you did mention him, uh, Sully was one of the guys I wanted to mention when I sort of had some inside goss from Manly. If you noticed on the team lists that Moses Sully and Morgan Harper uh, have different numbers on this week, they are not changing positions. So the reason for the number switch is purely because it's it's some type of feng shui type of thing. Sully wants to wear the four. So they asked Morgan Harper's position, do you mind if Sully wears the four? And he said, all good. So he's going to wear the three this week. There is no positional change. They are not swapping sides. Wearing the right side of centre jersey, but playing on the left. That's what we want to hear from Supercoach, especially with how dynamic that left for Manly is. I, I do, yeah, like Sully for the price. Look, a, a lot of people probably listening to this thinking these are rogue shouts, but these are solely, I guess, say, head-to-head picks. We're in that season where people need to be finding differentials. And I think there's, there's a fair few names on that list. We do have two more centre wing places as well. The Brian Toto replacement, Brett Naden. How long has he got left in this squad? What's Toto's recovery like? But at 361k, if he's if he's on the end of a couple of those uh, nice set pieces for the Panthers left, there's definitely some value in him. Possibly. My concern would be that Toto comes back next week and Naden goes out and you're in a semi-final with one less player. God, as a draft owner, hearing Toto next week, that would make me, uh, that would make me so happy because I've held him... All this time, I didn't send him to the waivers, so hopefully he's back next week. The last man on the list, I, I know they're going to love be him. In the 20... Hopefully, hopefully. Sorry, I... the last man on the list is your is your personal favorite. I know you're going to love this pick. 370k for Zach Lomax, cutthroat price for Lomax. I feel. Uh, good draw home, but there's just they're missing too many players for me to do Lomax. Uh, I would prefer to go, say, Tuala. With the Knights draw again, um, liking that draw, or one of the Titan centers, I'd, I'd look at um, Kelly or or CT. Obviously, he's on the wing, CT, but I prefer those. 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. People. Before we do move into the listener Q&As, which you're, you've managed to, to send up a couple of them, we do have the captaincies this week, mate. Captaincy this week, I think, is pretty, pretty grim. You've got Turbo uh, there in the second game of the week, but if there's, there are concerns that he's not playing, what do we do? I like Pappenhausen as a VC in the first game. Back at fullback, you're taking basically a risk-free. The only issue with VCing Papp is you don't get it on Turbo, but thankfully, the teams are generally sort of finalized an hour, a day before kickoff. Uh, so the Sea Eagles kick off at 6 o'clock uh, on the Friday. That would see the team be in by 5 o'clock on the Thursday. I think we'll get a better idea as to what's happening with him considering the Storm kickoff is at 7.50 on the Thursday. So captaincy, I like Pappenhausen for the VC. If Turbo is in, though, uh, definitely straight see him. I also like Teddy uh, against the Dragons as well, mate. Is there anyone else that's sort of springing in mind to you? The the popular guys like Cody Walker, Nathan Cleary, they're playing against each other. Uh, Kalen Ponger against the Knights didn't really excite me. They're playing the Bulldogs this week, but I can't really get behind them. Parramatta are just in too much of a form slump to take anything on them against the Cowboys and the Broncos and the Warriors. That's a bit of a coin toss, in my opinion. Look, this week is tricky, but what I would say is that a lot of people... I don't know, it's not everyone, but a lot of people are down to 16 or 17 players. So tactically speaking, I would not be against to vice-captaining Tom Trebojevic this week because you might get a free hit anyway. And given that he's just obviously had a facial injury, you know, whether it's a facial fracture or whether it's just bone bruising, um, there is some type of injury there. Now, my mail is that Tom isn't going to play this week. That Tom... Could play, and Tom wants to play. But Tom is going to get rested this week is what I'm hearing. So with that in mind, I'm personally in a position, if we don't get that news, and I can tell you this, I know this for a fact, Des keeps his cards very close to his chests. He does not, chest, not plural, uh, he doesn't tell even the players, uh, if they're not the actual senior leadership team, what decisions he's going to make. Um, so it is going to be an interesting <laughs> couple of days. And if people are listening to this podcast, it's probably going to spread some gossip. But my mail is, is that he's going to get rested this week and then he'll be back next week. And they're doing that as a precautionary measure because they do not want him to go out there with bone bruising, which is what I'm told that he has, not a fracture, but bone bruising, and actually injure his face because he is so important to their success. So that being said, I just dropped the mic. <laughs> Um, I'm looking at Harry Grant as my vice captain this week. Uh, I know he's going to get big minutes. He's definitely got the work rate. I can certainly see him barging over for a try at some point. If he went a hundred plus, I think I'd possibly loop this week. Captain will yeah, be Tom know, it, 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 if Tom it, is out. Then I'll captain. Yeah, I think that all come, it all comes down to turbo. I mean. It, it, it all it all does come down to him whether you loop or not because but, you know how big he can go. For the viewers, obviously that's based on my team. For the viewers, 
Um, I would be ca- uh, vice captaining Tom Trebojevic this week, and uh, if you own them, I would captain. I would honestly captain Adam Dewey or Tom Trebojevic. They're my two favourite guys this week. Tom, no, Adam Dewey isn't, isn't a bad shot against the Sharks as well. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I said um, Tom. James Tedesco. I said, see, I've got Tom on the brain. I said Tom Draboyevic. Uh James Tedesco or Adam Dewey. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Teddy Teddy against the Dragons could uh, could do anything. And I, I definitely worry about people coming up in their semi-final head-to-heads that, that don't have Teddy and they are coming up against him. I guess, yeah, the, the only issue with this fullback merry-go-round is when you pick one, you can't pick any of the other premium options. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the Adam Dewey shout as well. Uh, considering Cody Walker is playing the Panthers, I think that's going to be a pretty tough matchup for him. Yeah, I'd Captain Cleary, um, definitely, or I'd vice Captain Cleary, but that will be a tough game, and South will, they could win that game, they could very well win that game this week. Yeah, I think, well, it's, is this, is that, is that game going to pretty much depend, I'd pick the, the top two, they've both got 38 points, so yeah, whoever wins this, you'd pretty much assume wins the, second, um, come second, but then again, the, the, the Rabbitohs do play the Roosters next week, which, uh, could do anything, and, and the Panthers play the Bron- uh, the Bulldogs, so huge, huge game for both of them. Mate, uh, Twitter, I left this up to you this week. I haven't even looked at any of these questions or any of these teams, so this is all down to you. Um, take it away. Beautiful. Get to take the lead. So a lot of people, most people actually, have been asking me, should I trade Harry Grant? Should I do this? So I'll speak generally about Grant, and then I've got someone's team Uh, that they sent to me and I promised that I would look at it on the air for them. So I will do that. Harry Grant, what I would do is I would get Harry Grant 100%. My expectation now is that Grant starts and he starts for the rest of the year. And I've said it before, I think he's easily the best hooker in the comp and that he's easily the best super coach positional hooker in the comp. So 100% I would get Harry Grant. But if you're a head-to-head player, and you have one trade left, which is a lot of people that are hitting me up on Twitter. I would, I would only pull that move off if you need that move to win this week. With the way that everyone's going down injured, that trade held will be more valuable than owning Harry Grant, if that makes sense. So only make that move if it's going to win you the game this week and make that move as late as you physically can which unfortunately for yeah. this week is Thursday. So sorry, it's first game, but only make the move if you think that you need to make that move to win is my point. Have a look at your opponent's side before you make the decision. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's the case of it's the with Harry Green, it's the case of of how much you value the extra points that he's got over your other hooker. So I think the common example because they're both pretty highly owned is Jaden Braley. Like, let's say Jaden Braley pumps out 60 or, or even 55. Harry Grant, I would say, would have to go for 85-plus for that trade to be sort of worth it, considering it is your last trade. I mean, Harry Grant has started one game this year wearing the nine jersey. He's got 103 points against the Sharks at, at Amy Park back in round eight. So if he's going to follow any kind of that form, then yeah. His base is not the best for hookers, but that is through some skewed minutes. Uh, it looks like he has a base of about 0.8 ppm. Uh, with with just sole base, that's that's fine. You'll take that because he does have so much attacking upside. And if Melbourne do get a roll on, Harry Grant could be a genuine game breaker. 
the problem with that scenario that you've listed is if you have to win your head-to-head, you don't know if you have to win it. It's the first game of the round. If this was like a yeah. Saturday night game or a Sunday Arvo, you have a better picture as to where your head-to-head matchup lies. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big punt considering it is the first game. I think you just have to personally weigh up um, how much you value his points over your next available hooker. Yeah, 100%. Um, second one, uh, so this one's from Nathan Haynes. Uh, he says this is his last trade. So he asked TPJ to Curran or Schuster via Jules to Pappy. Now, looking at, I asked him to send his team because without seeing his team, that's a difficult question. Um, at Hooker, he's got Watson and Braley. In the front row, he's got Tapao, Ryan James, Lodge, who's obviously gone, Pangai, who's maybe gone for the year, you know, extended benches. And then we've got. David Fafita, Satili Tupanua, Zaya Papali'i, C-E-H, gone. Jared Anderson, the famous Jared Anderson. Ben Chaboyevic, also gone. He's then got Cherry Evans and Hughes. Walker and Schuster. Garrick, Manu, Hines, Gagai, AJ, Suwali, Sini. So he's only got five centres there that are playing. And then he's got Tom Chaboyevic and Adam Dewey. So, I know I rattled that off pretty quickly, but under that basis, when I look at it, there is no way I'd be doing Schuster to Puppenhausen because you've got much bigger spot fires that you need to put out. And the reason I yeah, say I that mean, is... Sorry, just, just as, you were, as you were rattling that team off, he's got yeah. four reserves and that's it. He's got no... I, I haven't seen the team. I'm just trying to picture this. He's got no, no depth. He's got, no, he's got four reserves and that's it. So, he's got Braley at hooker. Um. Yep. He had one he had one centre wing. He's got Dewey at fullback, and there was one more that I missed out on. So, yeah, Schuster. So, he's got Dewey, yeah, Schuster, AJ, Schuster. who's only back this week from injury. Schuster, Hughes, who's out. And then he's got Braley, and then everyone else is dead. So, this, this, this is why said, This is why people this is why people listing their teams is so crucial, because straight away, when you said the two trade options, I straight away thought Pappenhausen. But this is why it's so key if you're sending in your, your trade dilemmas is to send your team in with it because, yeah, straight away I would have said Pappenhausen. But when you list the team off, he's got zero depth and you're right. He's got he's got so many other fires to put out that I think Pappenhausen is a luxury trade when you have so many other issues that you have to fix on that side. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I wanted to bring this one up just so that the listeners could understand our point of view sometimes when we do get the inboxes. Should I do this? Should I do that? It's always good to show your side for context because every side is different. So in this instance... You have no second row depth at all. You lose one more player, you're not going to have a team, a full team. You've got Ryan James as your second front row forward, and he's obviously on loan at the moment. If he needs to go back to Canberra and then jumps back into the 16 or the 17 jersey, all of a sudden you've got a bike that's going to be scoring 25. So what I would be doing is I would be looking at your front row forward or your second row. That's where you need to make the trade. So you need to decide how you do that um, I would possibly, if I would look to hold Pangai purely because if he comes back, it's an extra number for you. I would look to move on, say, Lodge, maybe, um, or Harawira Naira because you know that they're not going to be any benefit to you f- for the rest of this season. How much so money I in the bank does, see... does, this, does this bloke have? So he's got 46, 46,000. Okay, so I was, I was, my, my initial thought was. Hughes to DCE, but he doesn't have enough money in the kitty to do that because you you can get another another option there. Because like at no. worst cases, this is what I'm doing. I'm, yeah, I'm running, 
I'm running two 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 RFs this week. I mean, my season's done, so don't don't really listen to me. But I'm running two two RFs this week, and getting an AE. Like I've got the depth to have an AE, which is fine. But this guy's got nothing. Like I just think if you can get a fifth option off your bench, like I don't really know how you're gonna do it. Brew's got the team there, so he can sort of give better context. But my initial thought is just get numbers because if you are gonna have one person go down, at least have an AE there. Like this guy, one injury away from fielding fifteen. I'm just looking at how much Lodge is because I can't remember. I think he's somewhere in the mid fours. No, he's, he's back this week. Okay, as so well, Lodge is. Is Lodge back? Uh, it, it might be a two week suspension. Hang on, I'll pull up the team list. Uh, this should be more prepared. This is more of the cuff, which I think people will prefer our, our live thinking rather than um, rather than whiffing. So yeah, no, Lodge isn't back yet. So I think it was a two week suspension, which is making this guy's team in a world of hurt. Okay. So he'll be back grand final week, so he may have a benefit. And Pangai's probably going to come back on minimal minutes. So in that case, you could sell Pangai or you could sell Tohu Harris because you know they're not coming back. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at my side now. You could sell Harawira Naira. The, prob- the problem with Corey, though, is he's he's got no money behind him to, to for you to... four sixty up grade to anything significant that's that's the only issue with with uh how do we like his price has just plummeted the last month or so well he's so he's 465 and he's got i think i said 46k so that's about 511 Tevita Pengai right now is 529,000 so with 46 in the bank you could basically get 580 um you could bring in a pain Haas that's an option. Definitely an option. If you need the numbers to start. I I, I think Payne Haas nah. is looking like the, the best option there. Uh, six, Haas oh, Jesus, is 620. Pain. Okay, so... Yeah, this is the problem. We'll, we'll, we'll do some live tinkering on air. If we give ourselves 580k, I'll pull up the Supercoach price brackets now. Bit of a live sort of fixed team for this gentleman. Um, this is why, guys, if you're listening, it's so crucial to send in your teams as well. It's all well and good sending myself a brew. Hey, this is my trade between X and Y, but if we don't have context of your team and, and how you're going to fare out after these trades, um, yeah, I think that's probably the, the biggest thing. So front row forward slash 2RF at up to 600K. Mitch Barnett and Lucian Lelou are the ones that stick out to me straight away. Um, Nathan Brown, he had a fantastic workload, but just didn't do enough for me last week to fill me with confidence. You've also got Keon Kormatungi as well. He is an okay option for you to fill in. I don't think he's getting rested anytime soon with the with the run home. Uh, you've also got someone like a Britain Accor if you want to take a huge punt. But personally, mate, I'm sort of leaning towards Mitch Barnett or Luciano Leilua as the, the fill-in for a TPJ in that scenario. Yep. And both have a very good draw. I'd probably go the same way. And I would just do that because it could. it's the difference that could when you were head-to-head. Basically, because you could end up having that extra number by having your lodge or having your pain guy at the right time. And you've got two guys, well, particularly Luciano, who's in very good form. And then you've got Barnett, who we know is a great player. He started the year like a house on fire and he was the hot buy for pretty much the first five or six weeks of the season. And now with a full spine back for the, what, this week will be the third time this season... There's not a lot of downside in Bardet, provided he's starting on that edge and playing 80, which I can't see changing now. 
yeah, nor, nor can I. So, uh, whoever sent your team into Brew, my suggestion would be trading out TPJ because otherwise you're just sitting there hoping and holding that he comes back. And if he does come back, that's fantastic. But he's going to be playing minimal minutes off the bench with, with high impact. So, I would definitely go the option of the safe 80 in Luciano or Mitch Barnett, personally. I think Brew is leaning towards the same. Mate, I would ask you for your yep. trades this week, but you're like me and we don't have any. Um, we've already touched on your captaincy options. You're leaning towards Teddy? Uh, I don't own Teddy. Uh, I <laughs> I'm leading Sorry, I towards... Said, I thought you said before that you had, you had Teddy. My apology, mate. No, I got Turbo and Ponga. So I'm leading... It depends on Turbo. If Turbo plays, he is my captain. If he does not play, I will probably captain Kalen Ponga. Um, my vice captain will either be Nico Hines or Harry Grant, but I'm probably 80-20 on actually going Harry Grant. I really like Grant this week, and I think he's going to score a try. Yeah, for me, I mean, captaincy, as you said, I think it relies definitely on Turbo and his movements. Whether we see that from Desi or not, I'm not too sure. At the moment, I've got it on Reese Walsh for the last game of the, of the round, but that's subject to change. My two RF at the moment is David Fafita, Frizzell, and Jackson Tapine. I'm so thankful that Tapine did get named at nine. Um, so I'm definitely get copying an AE from Frizzell. And my AE will either be Fisher-Harris if he comes back in, um, or Hayes Dunster. So Hayes Dunster against the Titans might not be a bad shout, but it's definitely not ideal. And this is why we need our, our trades for the run home. Uh, guys, that's been about 40 minutes of Supercoach Preview, about 10 minutes of me and Brew stuffing around with uh, with trades live on air. But uh, if you enjoyed that, obviously give me some feedback. You guys have been very much enjoying Brew being on the pod. I think it gives a different perspective um, from someone that's, I guess, having a different approach to the game this year than myself. Uh, if you guys do want us to sort of pick apart your teams heading into the pointy end of the season, uh, either send them to me or send them to Brew. It's Like I said, it's crucial that we have the teams in front of us because... In that, you heard it there straight away. Like that situation, I was leaning towards Pappenhausen, but seeing the team you, makes you realize how thin it is. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a crucial week. You've got a couple of big head-to-head matchups this week, mate. Yeah, definitely. Uh, sudden death now in the charity league. I'm playing Robert, Rob Bruns from Twitter, the macho man himself. Oh, yeah. So hopefully I can get up in that one. That's going to be a tight battle from what I can see. So I don't know what he has trade-wise, but I know he's very cagey. So I'm guessing he probably does have some trades up his sleeves. Uh, I've got a few other leagues that I I play. But to be honest, when you're in a league that's worth $10,000, that's kind of your focus. So I'm all in on the charity league. And I'm hoping I can get through to the semifinals after a cruel loss last week. Um, you mentioned... Jared, uh, sorry, you mentioned James Fisher-Harris. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off before. I'm pretty sure he's playing. Yeah, well, that, that'd be a big boost for, for a lot of coaches. As for as for head-to-head matchups myself, I'm somehow alive in two uh, of the Whisperer leagues. I'm alive in Whisperer, hashtag four, and Whisperer, hashtag six. I made the bottom eight, but lost the first week, so we'll be backing up again this week. And uh, hopefully we get the win. But otherwise, I'm I'm be uh, playing with myself, mate. Uh, there's not a whole lot on my end to touch on this year. It's been one of those years to forget. But we'll bring you more content until the season is done. And then uh, yeah, that's gonna be everything. Uh, Bruno, very much appreciate you coming back on once again. No problems. I look forward to it. And yeah, as as Whisperer said, if you want us, to, there's two very important rounds of head-to-head football coming up. So if you do want us to pick apart your team, obviously you all know. Uh, Whisper is at if you can at me at brew sc22 i'm happy to help 
uh, available on Instagram as well now. So not just a sole Twitter personality. Uh, Brew's decided to make himself uh, an Instagram with the same handle. So it's at BrewSA22. Um, the chances of him replying to your teams is probably greater than me. I just, I do get a, a bunch of DMs. So if you are looking for your teams to be, I guess, reviewed for the pod, uh, I think Brew's going to be taking over that side of things for the rest of the season while I focus on uh, more of the statistical side of things. So yeah, hit Brew up, uh, give him a follow on Twitter or, or Instagram, send the teams to him. He'll compile them and we'll pick out the best ones to sort of mull over. Uh, for the podcast, but yeah, that's going to be everything, guys. I Hopefully, you enjoyed the sort of different format of the podcasting where it's more sort of a, a chat rather than me just giving you stats. But uh, yeah, for now, keep your friends close and keep your pods closer. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 